0: Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben
1: Reichley. Now, Ben took the day off, but we're glad to say that Mr. John Shipman is here. He's been a businessman in the city of Sunbury, still involved in investment counseling. Name of the firm that you're most closely associated with? Uh, right now, I'm uh, freelancing. Oh, you're an independent fellow. Okay, but you'll help uh, any great business around here that uh, wants to pay for an hour of time, I suppose. And uh, insurance, uh, brokerages, of course. Volunteer service, U.S. military, uh, city service, uh, treasurer, and uh, council member, and uh, Sri and Spark founder. Spark was founded uh, decades ago to make sure that there were folks that were um, some of the the real catalysts in town got together and did some brainstorming and made projects happen right? yeah uh, uh, a
2: great a great group of people including uh, your boss and uh, uh, we had about uh, 10 or 12 people on that board and uh, we got a lot accomplished uh, in the first 10 years um and uh, then it was sort of rolled into SRI, so I think it's a committee. I don't even know if it still survives, but anyway, it's a, uh, it was a 10-year project. That's what we were committed to, um, you know, the, the, when we... It did. You know, our, our our vision was to get some things done in 10 years. Well, and I think, it, it, in a sense, it worked
1: because I think you you demonstrated to either SRI as a whole or the city or whomever was doing any projects in Sunbury that if you give it singular focus, maybe some private money or sort of some collaborative push.
2: And I think collaborative is the word. You know, uh, Spark didn't do it all by themselves. SRI was part of it. The city council backed it. Uh, We had other organizations uh, that uh, got behind parts of it. So uh, it was a. It was a collaborative effort from the people and from the organizations in the city of Sunbury. And a group of doers, and
1: some of whom put their own money in the project. I remember Jesse Woodring, the late, the great mayor of Sunbury, and uh, just a good doer and town and business person, would would say, "Okay, well, the city's $5,000 short. Next thing you know, the project was starting. And, you know, Jesse never saw any um, publicity or thank you or public uh, ribbon cutting or anything like that. But, uh, you know, if you ask him where the money come from, he would just smirk and say, well, must have popped up somewhere, you know. So, yeah, he was a good guy. So, okay, but these are the doers and the thinkers. And does Sunbury have a lot of these forward thinkers? Of course, you're still a resident of Sunbury. Uh,
2: I I, I don't see that that uh, a lot of the organizations now have good people, but they 're more in a caretaker role than a visionary role, um, which is I guess okay I mean you need people to keep thing, the ball rolling and so forth, but uh you still need those people that have you know vision and and are willing to step out and uh, even put your neck out and say this we have to do this and uh i don 't see that that uh kind of visionary uh but good people uh mm-hmm. doing the best they can to keep the ball rolling and i uh, think that's important too well and i always thought uh, some great analysis i heard from that chair
1: one time from a person who probably doesn't want to be attributed to him is, is there anybody working in, in for sunbury right now for whom a street will be named You know? Uh And I thought, oh. (laughs) Probably not. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't shock me if someday there were a a Woodring Alley or, you know, a uh, Shipman Road or something along that line. But, uh, yeah, there's no, not ever going to be a Lawrence Way or anything like that any place I live, so.
2: Well, incidentally, there is a Shipman Road, but I'm
1: not. No, it's not yours. Not mine. Okay. Well, that's not in town, is it? No, it's out of the, in the township. Right. Okay. So, But, uh, yeah, that's an interesting barometer. Do you have some folks that are real doers? You know, and I th- I think of, uh, uh, well, I'm not, uh, these aren't always super top of the mind, but, uh, you know, the disciples of the world. suppose
2: Jan Tippett was a mover. Jan Tippett got so much done for our for our community and so forth. They're a real visionary. Uh, she's the one that got, you know, she followed, the, she was the chair of the chamber after, my, after me, and uh, she's the one that really got that new chamber building built down on 11 and 15. I mean... She was relentless in raising money and getting, uh, you know, other donations and so forth. And um, she was uh, uh, one of the original people on Spark. I mean, Jan Tippett was a visionary, and she was a mover and shaker. And uh, Stan Seipel's father was? Uh, uh, Yeah, no, Stan was a dad. Stan was... Dad. The okay. dad, dad Pen, okay, that's right. Pen was the son. Okay, right, right. There and we go. And Stan, Stan was, uh, 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 unfortunately, Stan, Stan. Uh, um, it had to be Stan's way, <laughs> and, and okay. so that didn't always work either. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but and he and Jess Woodring locked horns on a few issues over, oh, okay. over time and so forth. And they used, they were good friends at one point, but um, yeah, you need you need people that are willing to stick your neck out, and, and you know that's not a comfortable position to be in if you you stick your neck out and say, okay, everybody follow me, and we're going to do this. And they look at you like, okay, uh, so how much is this going to cost me, and mm-hmm. so forth. And you know, uh, we we're, we're trying to get. That right now with the uh, with the new community college project and and uh, nobody wants to stick their neck out. Uh, everybody's uh, uh, it's easy to find excuses not to do something. Uh, but when this is something that's good for the valley and good for the community, it's good for our businesses, it's good for our young people, and it's even going to be good for our taxpayers. And yet nobody wants to stick their neck out and say, well, look, you know, I I I will. Stick my neck out and say this thing has to go, and so it, it's interesting that uh, uh, everybody wants this, everybody wants somebody else to go first. <laughs> Well, and I also think it's disappointing that you have people are paid. Okay,
1: okay. so you're talking about the volunteer visionaries that are out there that you and I were talking about that didn't have to rise up and be great doers in summary, but they did. But what about the folks from chambers of commerce or uh, regional economic groups? Uh, they're paid to think big and move forward and to, and to say yes, yes, yes. You don't have that from them. I mean, Bob Garrett sits in that chair and says, well, that's a good idea. I wish them
2: the best. You know, I hope they do good. We have our own community college we're worried about. exactly right. Uh, you know, the people that need to step up, the people that need to be visionaries, and you know, I, don't, I don't know the answers. I don't know why. Uh, you know, I I, I see the... the uh, uh, article that in the Shemokan paper that talks about we have affordable education in in the valley um, and uh, I challenge that um, Bloomsburg is affordable for the average person uh, Susquehanna and Bucknell are are affordable if you have some help very few very few people get a full boat at either one of those universities. Uh, even uh, Lackawanna College is, uh, is expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Lackawanna College is probably three to four times as, as ex- more expensive than our own community college would be. And yet, uh, uh, to say that there's affordable education, there's not really. It depends. You know, we're, we're talking about an area that has a lot of low-mod income people, people who, uh, whose parents can't help, you know they're mm-hmm. they're eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one they want an education their parents can't can't give a nickel because their parents are one of a family that's just scraping to get by so what does this child do? Well, they go to work mm-hmm. and so it doesn't make any difference that they're really bright it doesn't make any difference that they that that that, that they could succeed in college um they, they end up just going to work. And that's why we have one of the lowest. Uh, you look at the, the education statistics, especially in Northumberland County, and you look at the percentage of high school students that go on to college, very low compared to, to the rest of the state and the rest of the country. Why? Well, because we do not have affordable education in the central Susquehanna Valley, and yet... Our employers tell us that the Chamber of Commerce did their, their biannual study last year. Number one concern of the membership of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Con- Commerce is finding qualified employees. What does a community college do? It provides qualified employees. Why isn't the Chamber on board with this, pushing it? You know, most cases, Erie County and so forth, The success came when the Chamber of Commerce got behind it, but we don't have that. And I don't know why. Yeah, like you say, they'd say nice things about it. Oh, yeah, we you know. Uh, I Art, wish them well. Yeah, Art <laughs> Thomas has, has uh, said nice things about it. Uh, Bob Garrett has, you know. But uh, well wishes are, are, you know, if wishes were horses, beggars would ride. We need more than wishes. We need support. And we need the Chamber of Commerce to get behind it. We need our, we need our county commissioners to get behind it. And I understand that you're a politician, you don't like to raise taxes. But they can spend tons of money on other stuff.
1: Where did you hear that, <laughs> if wishes were horses, beggars would
2: ride? My mother said that from the time. That's a- oh, my gosh. Yep. It goes back to the twenties. <laughs> it probably does. My mother was born in nineteen fifteen, so right. she probably her mother probably told her that during the depression. Yep, there you go. Okay, well, but that's definitely true, and it, it all does relate all the way
1: back to the, the sort of the visionary doers of of a, of a century ago in Sunbury, and fifty years ago in Sunbury, and even more recently than that. You, you know, look, you look on the some of the plaques of the big buildings in Sunbury, and there's the doers listed you, you there.
2: You bet. And you know, uh, the Sunbury Chamber of Commerce. Uh, decided uh, in the early 1950s as, as the railroad was collapsing and the, the mines were collapsing, and, and they they raised over a million dollars and they went to, to New York and New Jersey and brought a couple of businesses back in that little uh, the, that little industrial park uh, on Packer Street in Sunbury and so forth. These were. Truman Purdy and guys like these that, I mean, they didn't rest on their laurels. They went out, they raised the money, and they went out. Interestingly enough, a lot of the money that they raised eventually ended up at the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce at SIDCO.
1: Oh, okay, and that money's still there doing some work, but broad regionally, not necessarily But not, in, not in Sunbury area. Not in Sunbury, all right. Well, to be continued. Oh, we, we'll continue this conversation, I really think, uh, encouraging people to be a catalyst, and you know what, there's some 20-somethings and 30-somethings and 40-somethings out there who are successful are hearing this message maybe for the first time, and so maybe they'll be inspired to step up and say, hmm, you know, let's, uh, I certainly would like my street, or Market Street, or A Street, or any street to be, uh, to, to to be better, or my town to be better. Right. I guess I have to uh, rise up and make that happen. On the mark sponsor sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. You can check them out at sunburymotors.com. All of that was part of John Shipman's uh, introduction. Technically, so <laughs> that's quite a resume you got going there. Uh, and I should say, and uh, you you can lean back from the mic if you want. John's put his money where his mouth is a hundred and a half times in in the city of. Sunbury as well. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at dot com. You can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. We do have open phones today, so we'll talk about the issue that you wish to. We have some emails uh, that relate to our conversation just now and uh, one that relates to minimum wage. Uh, One of our listeners sent David Rowe, our state representative, a uh, note yesterday, but he was already gone by the time I got the email, so uh, we put that email to him, and he replied back, and so we will uh, talk about that uh, shortly. But Stan, ultra-patient, waiting through a conversation <laughs> about the city of Sunbury, uh, is here to talk about uh, the fact that it's open phones, so we can talk about anything we want. So, uh, Stan, go right
0: ahead. Uh, I called about Biden and his inflation, and uh, I guess evidently yesterday he had, there was some sort of interview with him and Lester Holt. Mr. Holt asked him about, uh, you know, how Biden said that, uh, 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 yeah, inflation was just transitory. It wouldn't last long. And my understanding is uh, Biden called him a wise guy. But then he went on to say (laughs) that either 14 or 17 Nobel laureates, I guess, in economics told him that have come to him and said that, you know, this is inflation. It'll go away by the middle of the year. Now, that may be true or it may not be true. But my question is, every time something's brought up like this, he comes out with these Nobel laureates that nobody knows who they are. He never mentions a name, never tells us who they may or may not be. It's not just about uh, economics. It's about everything, you know, national security and, you know, Department of State and all that, international affairs. There's always these Nobel laureates that come out. But we never get a name. Why do you suppose that is?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Same reason reporters use uh, unnamed sources. Anonymous like, sources. Right. They, they, supp-
0: they don't exist. I, oh, I, that's, okay. what, that's what I was thinking. They don't exist. Or they no, or nobody's told them that. They may exist, but they certainly haven't told Joe that. So, you know, that, that's what I call that. Because I'm no expert in inflation other than every time I go to the gas pump, when I drive by a gas station every day and it jumps fifteen twenty cents overnight, I, that's pretty you know clear indication that things are going the wrong way. And in the grocery store, but you know hey, it's just transitory; it'll go away by the middle of summer. Ask Joe, he'll tell you. Okay. So, I I don't know what's going to happen here, but it isn't getting better right now. Well, I don't think gonna- anybody knows what's ha- going to happen.
1: It wouldn't be impossible for a Democrat to be elected president in three years, but it isn't going to be Joe, so <laughs> it'd probably be a Republican. A- who,
3: who says
0: Who says the Democrats were stupid enough to nominate him the last time, so who's to say it's not going to happen again? Because, you know, he is a, he is a moderate, and he's just going to bring the country together. Isn't that what we were told?
1: Yeah, I think if you were if you're if so this national democrat, you're probably thinking, Boy, we have not been as smart as we could. We let Donald Trump get elected by not putting Hillary in and then we Found somebody to be, you know, sort of a Democratic front runner way early on, but guess what? It didn't. It didn't work out. So you're right. There's probably a lot of introspection there, and uh, pr- maybe for the first time, they're looking forward to thinking of what would be ideal.
2: You want to weigh in on what he's talking yeah, about? Yeah, I-, I think the disappointment uh, with uh, President Biden was that uh, he talked about being a centrist. Uh, he talked about bringing the country together. But he has governed from the left. And you and I have talked about that before on this show, that um, uh, I really don't think uh, President Biden is in charge. I think that if you look at... At all of the nominees, they're either retreads from the uh, Obama administration or they're leftists uh, of, the, uh, of the Bernie Sanders uh, wing of the party. So we're not getting to head all these departments, number one, we're not getting uh, uh, centrist. Democrats to run these departments. We're getting leftist Democrats to run the department and then half of them are incompetent. Uh, Our our, our Secretary of Transportation is again uh, absent disappeared. Uh, the ports out on the west coast still aren't work, work, running 24 hours a day like the pr- president promised. And where's the Secretary of Transportation? He's nowhere to be found. Family leave. <laughs> yeah, again. <laughs> uh, where's our where's the uh, Secretary of Homeland Security who's supposed to be down there on the borders? Well, he went down to the, to the border here a week or two ago and he got an earful from the people who were down there and it, he we haven't heard any more from him since. So these people are like hide, hiding. It's like uh, the people overwhelmingly hate the, the what's happening in the country. Uh, 70% plus don't like the open borders, don't like 43% increase in gas prices over the last year. But nobody's doing anything because they're all just hiding. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? But, you know, it's, things will flesh out in, in the end, and uh, the truth will all come out in the future before, after it, nothing can be done about it. But the truth will come out about what's going on. And it's just, we'll just have to wait and see. Now, John, you were talking about education, about how hard it is for people around this area to get a good college education if they want it. Now, I don't have a problem with the community college, but there is a way for kids to get out of school and get a good education if, if they're willing to work for it. It's called going to National Guard and go to a state-run school. You, they can come out with zero college tuition fees. Zero loans, zero everything. I know
2: firsthand that that can
1: happen. And serve their country all the while. Yeah, look, let's talk to Dr. Jenkins,
2: when in the U.S. Okay. Army. And, and I, you know, I I I think that for the right individual, that's an opportunity. Oh. It's certainly not appropriate for everybody, but for those who can take care of it, I, uh, take advantage of that, I think they should. All right, wanted, thank yes. you so much, Stan. All right, thanks a lot. Yep, appreciate that. We'll take a quickie break. We'll be right
1: back, but we invite you to call us, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at com.
4: There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing.
1: Welcome back to the KOK live telephone talk show on the mark. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, speedy dialers are required now. You can uh, send us a note or call us 1-800-795-9565. We talked about the need for more of the uh, forward-thinking doers in Sunbury, but every town has had them around here folks that uh, would say, "Well, I'd, I I'd rather uh, battle a controversy than uh, wince away from a fight." I got that that phrase is never going to go down in the history books like like yours. Right. But uh. Anyway, so, but in any event, uh, yeah, so there we got some real doers we were talking about, catalysts, folks that want to step up. Nowadays, most folks just want to kind of, you know, watch things happen and complain if they're not going
2: doing well, and that's about it, you know. The problem is, if you step up and you say something that's not popular you you get cancelled i mean you get the the, the 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 mob is on you, whether it 's the mob on the left or the mob on the right if you if you speak up about something you know you're immediately attacked by people who disagree with you what's wrong with the you know everyone's entitled to their own opinion you know that's that's freedom. Uh, when I'm not entitled or you're not entitled to your own opinion, you're no longer free. Just an opinion. But
1: uh, and what about social media? I mean, is, is that a factor in this? I mean, we used to have, oh. to, if you wanted to
2: argue with people, you had to go to Cameron Park. Now... The problem with social media, you can argue with someone, you can call someone nasty names almost anonymously, mm-hmm. and that's the sad part. Yes, if you, it used to be if you wanted to have an argument with somebody, you had, to, you had to be face-to-face. Now you can do it from thousands of miles away in relative obscurity, and you can say all kinds of um, unbelievable things about people, start all kinds of rumors about people, uh, disparage their, their ancestry or their personhood, and you're totally free because there's no way to get back. You know, there's no way to correct no the accountability. And that stuff hurts. hurts <laughs> people. It hurts the
1: person that's being talked about. They may be ultra-defensive and fight back and threaten and so on, but uh, it's not, you know, that doesn't build your psyche no. up at all no. to be uh, picked on or lied to or lied about. Nice. Uh, the topic of stands. Call one of our listeners. Says supply and demand. Stan, that's the, that's the private sector that runs everything. So perfect. Yeah, right. Um, I'm not sure what we're saying. I think it's uh, in response to a particular sentence, and so that way maybe it loses a little in translation, but uh, we'll hear from that uh, individual as the show progresses. On the topic of the community college, one of our good listeners says, could Mr. Shipman give us an update on the local community college? I'm disappointed with the lack of support from the Chamber of Commerce, yet they praise the booming progress at the Luzerne branch in Watsontown, I no longer hear spots for the college on the radio, uh, yet... Uh, But the uh, Susquehanna Valley Community Education Project, this is an aside, uh, uh, does have ads that come in flight. So you'll hear them sometimes and not others. But, yeah, they're still very much on and a great partner with the radio station here. And, uh, anyway, our listener says, I wonder why classes are being offered in Milton and the summit was held there. Is that where the college will end up instead of Sunbury? I certainly hope not. So let's start at the bottom. Why was the summit held at that great facility, that old shoe place
2: up there? Uh, well, we've held the summit in Snyder County uh we've held it in northumberland county and we've held it uh in the northern part of northumberland county in milton uh milton like sunbury is a low mod uh the predominantly low mod income uh, municipality um there's a group there called uh, time which is a uh the, the new uh, milton experience uh and uh Uh, or the improved Milton experience, who is working hard, like SRI is in Sunbury, to elevate... the uh, the uh, borough of Milton and they have developed a maker what's called a maker space. These are being pushed by the federal government actually, a place where you can go and learn how to do things. You know, we have a we have uh, now the second generation of people who are addicted to cell phones and so forth, but can't do anything, can't cook a meal, can't make anything, can't do any change a tire or swim. Right. Or and so yeah. and so the maker space is uh, the government's approach to giving people. Hands-on, do a little woodworking, uh, do something with a with a, uh, uh, a, a printer or something like that. Uh, learn how to do something, make something. Uh, so, uh, uh, the community college project has sort of partnered with Time in doing that because we have a grant to. To, to open another one of those in Sunbury and another one of those in Shemokin. So, but these are not community college projects. This is just something we're trying to help out with. The community college is alive and well. Uh, we are uh, diligently working with Marywood University. Uh, we already have uh, six or seven different majors that uh, the, the, the background work is already done. We already have one program that we have submitted to the state of Pennsylvania. For approval, uh, that we hope to maybe start having classes in Sunbury within a month or two. Never
1: sound the music when John Shipman's in the middle of a sentence. You're just going to have to wait till he's done. <laughs> but uh, too, I want to start at the beginning on that. We're going to get a full update in a moment. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK OK, Sunbury. This is CBS News on the hour. Your home for original reporting.
5: I.
1: Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show. On the mark, Rob Setters, our fabulous producer, ready to answer your call. Just give him a buzz: one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. That's one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We started talking about uh, Sunbury Doers and Spark and the Susquehanna Valley Community Education Project, and we're going to get it to uh, finish getting an update on that. Uh, Stan called in about uh, President Biden and inflation and the mystery Nobel prize-winning laureates. I don't know that they necessarily said inflation would be short term. I can't imagine that it would be. It's, these are usually sort of uh, two, three, four, five year trends. So, But we'll see. Maybe President Biden has a different view on that. And uh, it is open phones. So the national topics or local topics that we talked about earlier uh, might be of your liking. And so we'll open up the phones. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. Text us at 702 702- Include the keyword OTM on the mark as sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. We do have some very brief news headlines here. After being decertified as the emergency services provider in East Chiliswaki Township, Pottsgrove Fire Company says it's working with the township to get back in service. The Pottsgrove Fire Company, Lieutenant Jason Messersmith, says the fire company did feel it had provided sufficient information to the township to keep its certification, but nonetheless, they Say they're working for the supervisors to get this resolved. They do need to stay in full compliance with their bylaws and meet all state and federal certifications to be uh, the emergency services provider for the township. And Mr. Smith says the fire company is working to pay its own workers' compensation insurance, too. See, I learned yesterday it's not called workmen's compensation. Anyway, you probably, of course, knew this by heart a long time ago, but they call it workers' compensation. Yeah, our spell check wouldn't allow workmen's compensation to go through.
2: No, that, that- Oh, that changed probably 15 or 15 oh, no
1: years kidding. ago. So, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> okay. I'm grandfathered in, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So, they say when that insurance is ready, they'll resume their training, they'll get their certifications. Uh, volunteer firefighters, or at least the quick response squad, need state police and child protection certifications to be. Uh,
2: you knew about that, too? No, I didn't Real. I know that there's more and more certification. It, it's. Uh, uh, you know there's, these things are good and bad I mean you know there needs to be a certain level of of uh, confidence built but the government just puts more and more regulations on everything and everybody and you know if you've got a, a 5,000 person company uh, you can easily manage all of that but if you have a 20 company a 20 person company you struggle with some of this stuff it's like OSHA and so forth you know Nobody in a 20-person in a company, you don't have anybody that has time to read all the OSHA regulations. They can come in and fine you for a dozen things that you don't even think are wrong. So, right. You well, know
1: Things that were fine yesterday but are no longer. <laughs> Correct. That's an issue. All right. Uh, more news. A federal investigation into several court systems in Pennsylvania, including Northumberland County, points to what the federal government, see, now we're back to federal mandates, called unfair treatment involving certain criminal suspects. David Payne has that story.
4: The Justice Department investigation looked at courts in three counties, Northumberland, Jefferson, and Allegheny. Their findings indicate that suspects brought before these courts face discrimination if they are found to be addicted to opioids. The report says the courts denied treatment under the Americans with Disabilities Act, mainly by ordering suspects to stop using prescription medications needed to control their addiction. DOJ officials have advised the Unified Judicial System of Pennsylvania, which oversees court systems, to rewrite or adopt new policies to comply with opioid use disorder guidelines set by the ADA. I'm David Payne, News Radio 1070, WKOK. Pennsylvania
1: has surpassed 42,000 deaths related to COVID-19 since the start of the pandemic. Now the death rate itself is going down. That's the last indicator to show that the Omicron surge is slowly going behind us, but all of the numbers still high. Thursday's update, 138 new statewide COVID-19 deaths, two deaths reported in the valley, 4,600 new statewide cases in one day, 94 of them in Schneider Union. Thumblin, and Montour counties. There are 139 fewer people admitted to hospitals in Pennsylvania, and Geisinger now has 76 patients on board. That's lower than the day before, significantly lower than the day before, 15 fewer. Evangelical Community Hospital has one fewer patient uh, on board, or one fewer patient on board, or one less person there uh, at 21 is the number. Case you haven't heard, DNA and a 20-year-old genealogy, self-called genealogy geek, he calls himself, helped state police identify the man who abducted or raped a young child back in 1964 in the Hazleton area. State police exhumed the long-dead assailant's body last month and said his DNA matched the DNA left on the jacket of the victim. Nine-year-old Maurice Ann Shivarella of Hazel Township, uh, Luzerne County. Uh, She was killed in 1964. She walked to school. Her body was found that afternoon in a coal pit nearby. Authorities say she'd been raped and strangled. And police identified her killer now as James Paul Fort, a bartender with a record of violent sexual assault who died of natural causes in 1980 at the age of 38. Police say Fort, who was 22 at the time of the murder, had no known connection to the girl or her family. Generations of state police investigators pursued Maurice's killer. More than 230 members of the department were involved in the probe at one time or another, but Fort's name didn't come up until 2020. All right, I'll keep reading this. I think this is fascinating. By the time the new DNA technology had established a distant family connection to Fort, and Eric Schubert, a college student, age 20, and an expert in genetic genealogy who had volunteered to work from the case, put together an extensive family tree that helped investigators narrow their suspect list. Now, I'll stop here for a second. What they do is they know that there's certain people who they do have the DNA for, and they connect them with people that live in certain areas and so they connected with people that they knew lived in the Hazleton area that were distant cousins, like seventh cousins or so of the, her, the murderer. Okay? State police made the announcement at a news conference packed with current and retired investigators and the girl's family or siblings called Marisa's sweet, shy girl and that they'd been praying that her killer would be caught daily. Uh, thanks to Pennsylvania State Police, they said justice has been served. But yeah, this uh, DNA testing, they solved local cases is this way too with distant DNA connections
2: it is amazing what they what they can do with that uh, you know uh that a lot of case, a lot of old cold cases are being solved uh, with this uh, te- technology. A.P. calls this Pennsylvania's <laughs> oldest cold case. I would think that's a, you know from 1980 to 84. Yeah, but t- what about the 60s
1: or 40s or 20s? Oh, I'm or 1800s. Uh, they're, they're, well, <laughs> uh, you know, I just it's strange that they call it Pennsylvania's <laughs> oldest cold. I guarantee you, if we go back 200 years, there's unsolved
2: murders. Oh, there's probably,
1: m- I would Multiple think. ones. Yeah, back then they probably didn't dog murders the way they did because maybe they. I thought, oh, well, you know, so-and-so was... Well, you had- think
2: about it, fingerprinting only came into it to uh, about 100 years ago. So before that, you had almost nothing unless you had an eyewitness or something. A confession, right? All right, finally, just one other note very
1: quickly here. This is from CBS. They said, we've done the math and inflation is now costing an average American about $250 per month more than at this time last year. If you heard from the federal government yesterday that inflation is up 7%, forget it. Most things cost way more. Gasoline is up 40%. The same for used cars, about 40%. The electrical bill, your electric bill is on average nationwide 10% higher, but many electric bills are significantly higher than that. If you're planning a Super Bowl spread, I don't need to tell you that it's not going to cost 7% more than last year. Natural gas prices in most parts of the East Coast up about 35% more than last year. So, take that 7%,
2: okay? With a grain of salt. (laughs) Yeah, honest to people. Well, you know... would you, would you go to the grocery store? You know things that things are up. Sometimes a dollar an item uh, or double. Yeah, double. And, I used to buy a, a loaf of this wheat bread for two dollars. Now it is literally four. Yeah, and and so you know the things, the things that we use consistently are higher. Uh, housing. Okay. Interestingly, housing is one of the things that's sort of holding it back. Housing is only up maybe ten percent. Because that, that's in some areas there's, there's vacant properties and, and so forth. But um, the things that people use every day, the other thing that I need to point out is that inflation hurts the poorest of Americans the most. The very people that the government's supposed to be trying to help, are the people that are being hurt. And I totally disagree with with, with with the blaming it all on on business. Business passes along the increase in cost. And the bad news in December was that wholesale prices were up thirteen percent. So if wholesale prices in December were up thirteen percent, that means that the that that manufacturers are going to continue to raise prices because They can't eat a 13% increase in their cost. So they might
1: pass on the 13%, but they have to add on to that, that their employee now says, you're not paying me 15 bucks an hour, I want 20, or I'll quit. 17, right? Or I'll go somewhere else. Right. Uh, The very bottom of that story, I'm going to give you the good news, okay? (laughs) I don't want everybody to feel like we're dying here in inflation, but it's high. Uh, CBS at the very bottom of the article says there are a few things that have only gone up a little bit or are down. I'll just read the down ones. Girls' apparel. So people under the age of 18 who are female? Down four percent over a year over year. Uh, ship fare. If you're shipping something, now remember it spiked in 2020, but now it's down two percent from last year, just last year, not not 2019. I guess 2019 would be the so it's start. Forty
2: percent last year and down two percent. Exactly. Year. Well, gas so it's still up thirty-eight percent, right?
1: Uh, cosmetics down uh, one point seven percent. Tenants. Household insurance, down 1%. And men's pants and shorts, down 0.8%. So, But you're right, the things you don't necessarily need, and things for which there's still a ton of competition. Right. You know, groceries, not so much competition really around here. And gasoline, rent, medicine, up, up, up. All right. Lance, thank you so much for listening to... uh, uh, two uh, guys uh, chit-chat about the weather. Uh, you probably have an important topic to discuss. Go ahead, sir.
3: Well, actually, I can tie it in there with that inflation you're talking about. Okay. Just, just think if everything was up like college tuition. Hmm? Mm-hmm. From
6: 19,
3: 1967, tuition at Bucknell was 2200 bucks. Now it's 58000 So picture everything being up twenty five times what it was then how much those uh, 79 cent stakes were back then and those uh, $3000 cars and all that boy oh boy nothing has gone up more than what that has and you think about it uh, back then the uh, average income was $7500 and tuition was 2200 so if uh, the family could get together you know to go to the tuition well, a kid could figure out how to, um, you know, pay for books and lodging and all that. Just pick tomatoes in the summertime. Because I know people that did that. And it wasn't until, well, the great society kicked in and, <laughs> will make college affordable and everybody can have a house. Well, the house is to build a house back then why it uh, cost about $14,000. So that's two years pay, right? Mhm. And when I was born 49, 50 in that time, the house cost 8400 roughly and uh, income was about $4,000. So you know, it was gone. And now you look at it, we're $67,000 is your average income. And it's just heard there, the average house is being built 300 bucks, or excuse me, $300,000. So that's about four years. Now, all that was due to all the government help, had they left it alone. It's like the folks that went to school under the GI Bill, why, uh, when they went to Harvard now, talking about Harvard tuition was 600 bucks and they had a four thousand dollar income so they were pretty well you know pretty well set without the government help if you really wanted it so uh, that's something there to think about and think about inflation this way <laughs> when I first really got into automobiles matter of fact I think it was the year I first charged for it I was fourteen years old and if you had the amount of cash that it takes Today to buy a mid-priced car, a mid-priced American car, is a little over thirty thousand dollars. And once in the driveway, sticker price is like thirty-three. Okay. Now, you could have bought one, a Ferrari Testarossa for twenty thousand (laughs) dollars. You could. No, here, here you go. You could have bought an XKE Jaguar, which is the the top-of-the-line sports car, for five.
1: Right, and there were people around here who had these vehicles, Yes, there
3: were. I remember. Oh, yeah. 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 This is what I'm saying. Is, and then Corvettes in 63, It was Stingray with a fast back, split windows in the back, and ordered it with a 40-gallon tank and a fancy knock-off wheels. That was five thousand dollars. And what was—is
1: that the boat tail one that they have that had that
2: real sleek back? That's the first yeah, sixty. Oh, first year, okay. That was yeah, well, sixty-three. that was sixty-three year, was thing. a split window, and then sixty-four and sixty-five. That three years they had that Mako shark or yeah. whatever. It was really pretty yeah. far. And what, what's really neat?
3: Then you give them that thirty thousand bucks, and you can get. Your change in two Volkswagen Bugs for sixteen hundred bucks apiece.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I remember. I think it was the Maverick, the Ford Maverick car came out, and it was nineteen ninety nine. I thought, oh my god, nineteen bucks. Anybody has that? Then I turned yeah. oh, found yeah. out it was nineteen hundred, but store yeah. it for two thousand bucks. There's not too many of them around, but I'm sure they lasted long enough. No, actually, there are new Mavericks around, but it's a truck. All right. Thank you so much, Lance. Thanks for calling in.
3: Oh, do you have somebody else coming in now or not? Uh, We have two callers waiting. Oh, okay. All right. I just wanted to say something about uh, uh, progressives with their uh, fixation on predators. Well, they've just uh, got all crazy because of the fact Trump's... Interior Department took the gray wolf off the endangered list. It isn't endangered, but they're going to bat for it. Well, they go to bat for the animal predators the same way they do for the human ones. That lady going crazy. We're not going to get back to this mass incarceration. Well, that mass incarceration dropped our murder rate from 10 per 100,000 to about 5. But... They don't care about us, just the predators. Okay, I'll
1: get off. All right, thank you so much. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five
4: six five. We'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area.
1: Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. we got one call coming in. Two folks are already waiting, so we're going to hit the callers. Three minutes per call. Uh, Dan, you're on the mark. Thank you for waiting all that time. We appreciate it. Good morning.
7: Hey, good, it was good listening to Lance. But <clears throat> my, my idea, I'll throw it out. I want you gentlemen both to comment on it. Just suppose Biden would have kept the Trump agenda going where we were really, our success in this country was so great, we were moving ahead in every way. Just suppose he'd have kept that agenda. He could have, it, when politician language, he could have claimed it was his idea to stop pe- people on the other side of the border in Mexico. He could have claimed it was his idea to keep pumping fossil fuel out and be fossil fuel friendly. Yeah, he could have had some of his Green New Deal ideas, but not let them dictate everything with his left wing agenda. Just suppose Biden would have done that. Most of us, like me, I wouldn't be complaining very much and we wouldn't have all this inflation that we have just suppose biden would have done that i'll let you gentlemen comment on it i'll just get off here okay off the air and let someone else on so hey great talking keep up the good work. Yeah, have a th- great
1: weekend. Yeah, thanks for the call. Uh, I guess I'll respond first. I think uh, President Biden, had, a, or President Trump had a lot of good things going. There's no argument about that. I think if his behavior had been a little bit more conventional, and if he hadn't tried desperately to stay in office, even though he was losing and was making up all kinds of stories and surrounding himself with some really terrible people, he'd probably, he probably could still be there, and maybe we'd be enjoying some of that. He could have never anticipated, I think, anyway, how the pandemic would affect everything, and how states would react and shut things down and really hurt economies and so on. So, uh, if everything had just stayed in its normal course and President Trump had behaved, he would still be president. I was certain of that.
2: I, I, I you're probably right. I, I think that, uh, uh, you know, when you're in a position like he was for years, where he was the boss, um, you, you can't. Run government that way. You you have too many competing interests. When you're the boss of a corporation, you can do whatever you want to, and if somebody disagrees with you, you can fire them. Uh, That's not how government works. And so you've got to you've got to compromise and so forth. The policies that Donald Trump put in into place were pro-American. We have talked about that before. So who hated that? Well. Just about all the elites hated that. Big business hated that on both sides. On both Iowa. sides. On both sides. Democrats and Republicans. Big business supported uh, Joe Biden over Donald Trump. This is the the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which has historically always supported the Republican. Why? Because they didn't like America First. They're all globalists. So is Bill Gates. So is so is all the people that go to Davos. They're all globalists and. So, American America First policies really helped American workers for the first time in in over 20 years. The lower earning Americans gained ground at a faster rate than the elite did. During the pandemic, the elite have made billions, and the average American struggling just to pay the rent and and buy groceries. So. The policies of the Trump administration were good. The attitude was poor. The, the, the combatant administration was poor. Picking fights that you didn't need to be in. I mean, he, he created a lot of his own problems. one
1: 800 Barry is next. Go ahead, sir. You're on the mark.
8: Hey, thanks, Mark. Who was with you today? I, I, I didn't get the name of the co-host.
1: John Shipman uh, from hey, uh, Sunday uh, Businessman. I, I
8: agree totally with John. I mean, these are great comments. I, you know, the, the, um, the Federal Reserve was giving out $700 billion a month since March 15, 2020, and they're just starting to cut back. They gave away trillions, and the problem is none of us got any of that money. Hardly any of us. I mean, there were some checks that went out for a small fraction of it, but but he's right. Um, this money went to the rich, and, and we saw an announcement where Inflation is up historically, and I, and I think what you mentioned, Mark, is critical. Most people cannot afford an extra $250 a month and keep their current lifestyle. So what we're saying is too much money going to too few rich people in Congress, and it's not even in the news. I, I mean, while this is happening, the headlines on CNN are about Biden in Ukraine. It's about Bob Saget bumping his head and the Virginia deputy Attorney General saying great things about the January 6th riots and Fox is talking about CNN and the Dems encouraging people to slash the tires in the Canadian convoy and, and the NBC analysts trying to keep masks and AOC fighting with Nancy Pelosi. What does that have to do with helping the people? It's just using the media to keep more rich people in the government and I think there's too big of a chasm now between the haves and have-nots. Too few haves, and they're all in Congress, and too many of us paying more for things we can't afford. So I I predict we will see a a big change in the Senate and the House over to the Republicans because this is terrible, but I don't think even that's going to fix it. I, I think there needs to be a better mentality of actually having getting back to the constitutional values of government by the people and for the people. And, and that's my comment. Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling in, Barry. Really appreciate it.
2: And John. there is a solution. The solution is called Convention of States. <laughs> uh, I'd like to just talk about that for a minute because three more states have passed a COS resolution in 2022. We're now up to 17 states that have passed a Convention of States resolution. That's half of what we need, 34. And our our Pennsylvania Senate has finally agreed to take the, the the issue up. It has been reported on favorably by a Senate committee. But the Convention of States will will do three things. Number one, it will cut term limits to twelve years. Uh, Congress has limp, term limits to twelve years, so you can't be there thirty-five or forty years and get rich. Number two, it will limit the size and scope of the federal government and it will uh, will limit the cost of the federal government our federal government is out of control the bureaucracy is running the country the president isn't even running the country the bureaucracy ignored barack obama fought donald trump and makes fun of joe biden so you know the bureaucracy is so entrenched that they're untouchable all the guys that did bad things, lied to the FBI and so forth. They're all back. They've they they've all had their pensions reinstated uh, and so forth. But if you would have done that or I would have done that, we'd be in jail because if you lie to the FBI, that's a bad thing. But they lied to the FBI and got a slap on the wrist and and 18 months later they're back where they were.
1: Now our local legislators are all skeptical. All right. What do you
2: say to them? Well, they there is a a group called the Gun Owners of America, who are sure that it's going to be a runaway convention. And let me say this: first of all, the states who appoint the representatives to that uh, convention uh, pick. So we have more conservative states than we have liberal states. So the 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 delegates that go will will be generally picked by conservative state legislatures. Number two, each state gets one vote, okay? So uh, we have more conservative states than liberal states. So it's almost impossible for the liberal states to start jamming things through. This is a red herring. I was down to the hearings two years ago. Uh, on behalf of the ultra-conservatives, uh, Phyllis Schlafly's son testified, and the greatest group there supporting or opposing it, was the John Birch Society. Hmm. Now, you know... What's that tell you? <laughs> you know, where does that go? So I think common, ordinary people are at the point where we have said, that you, the government isn't going to fix itself. It's just going to get worse and worse. It doesn't make any difference if as a Democratic, administration, or re, Republican. It's, it gets bigger and bigger. It gets more costly and it gets more power and more control and the people are are fed up with this and the but the only way you're going to change it is a convention of states what is it bread and circuses
1: as the nation focuses its attention on budweiser and big max and uh,
2: the super bowl this weekend that's right
1: bread and circuses and the fun and
2: games and the big distractions in the meantime everything the gentleman just talked about all the distractions you know listen yeah, to the he news had a different set yeah the, the news is all distractions listen this this January 6th committee and I, uh, January 6th was a real blot on our national th- history, but this gen- this January 6th committee isn't going to have any affection, any effect on on the midterms come this fall. So w- why why keep beating that drum? Because they want to kill Donald Trump. That's
1: what. Make sure he doesn't run again. Well, I still think he's going to be our next president, but i'm uh, I'm out on an island here. Nobody else seems to I had a lot of friends on this island before they all swam away. Yeah. All right, we hold on callers. you are next, so stand by. should just skip commercials and just put the whole conversation on the air. John and I were talking about Governor Wolf and uh, why when he, well, we didn't mention this, but when he left the legislature yesterday, some Republicans still wouldn't shake his hand because they're still irritated that the way the election went in 2020 uh, in Pennsylvania. All right, our callers are standing by. i got to keep my promise. So we start with Al. Go ahead, sir. You get three minutes. Go ahead. This is Cindy. Oh, I'm sorry, Cindy. Go ahead. Put You're me next. on hold
9: though. and
1: put Al on. Oh, is he next? Do you happen I'm to guessing, remember?
9: As you said, it's out. No,
1: you are next. You are next. The machine knows oh, I the am truth. Next. Okay, yep.
9: good. First, I want to say I completely support a convention of states. When the country was originally founded, we had a different constitution. I don't know if my good friends remember that. But about 15 years into it, they saw it wasn't working, and so they met and they created a new constitution. And we live under that constitution today. Well, it's been decades, centuries. And it's time to rethink that constitution. I wholly support term limits. If we had term limits, no one would amass the power that chokes Congress into inaction today because you wouldn't be there long enough to do it. But past that, I'd like to talk about community college. I don't support adding a, another tax to support a community college, and I, and this is why. If it were true that there were no avenues for a low cost education, I might give it greater thought. But there are many avenues towards a low cost, even free college education that we, the taxpayers, already provide. In high school, you can take uh, courses that award you college credit at the end of that course. Many of the local high schools offer dual enrollment, where you not only are going to high school, but you're also taking college courses sponsored by local universities and colleges, and those award you college credits. And those are actually free college credits. If you take uh, advanced placement, you have to take a test that costs about $100. So you get your college credit for $100. Not only that, but people who enroll in universities, colleges, we provide many programs in this country to allow them to have their loans forgiven. If you do public service, you can have your loan forgiven. If you become a teacher, you can have your loan forgiven. As someone noted earlier, if you serve in the military, you can have the loan forgiven and or attend at very low cost. I understand now that the president has put forward a plan. Nurses can go to college and get their degree and their loan will be forgiven. If you don't choose one of those special fields, you can still have most of your loan forgiven if you just pay on time for the first 10 years. That's a small thing to ask of you for the exchange of your college education. You pay on time. 120 payments, the rest of your loan is forgiven. And that's been in place for quite a few years. I look at the founding of any more colleges or universities in this light. Bloomsburg had a 9% decline in enrollment last year and another significant decline in enrollment this year. That isn't just them. That's a whole national trend. So this makes no sense to me. If all the hot dog huts are going out of business, why on earth would I found another hot
2: dog hut? <laughs> all right, we got you. Thank you so much. Okay, I'd, I'd like to respond to yep, your question. Thank um, you. And, Cindy, I, I, I always appreciate your comments, and, and we agree on probably 90%. But I want to say this. All of those freebies, you pay for in taxes. Whether you realize it or not, there is no such thing as a free lunch. so when the government is forgiving all of those loans and so forth uh, that's tax money that's being used to forgive all those loans because the college still gets paid. secondly, a community college uh, a community college uh, a low income person can can attend a community college for basically the cost of a, the Pell grant, so that uh, if you have uh, a young person who has no support, who has parents who can 't afford to, to provide a nickel, they can go to a community college. Uh, the new proposed community college tuition is about seven thousand five hundred dollars a year. A Pell grant would pay would cover that and there would be, uh, they would be able to get the first two years of their education uh, at, at no cost to them. Number three, community colleges serve a broad range of students. The average age of the student in community colleges is 27 years of age. These are people that tried the workforce, found out that it's not what they wanted, and decided later on to go to a community college. Lastly, there's... Fourteen community colleges in the state of Pennsylvania—they enroll almost 50 percent of the new college students. Why? Because of the cost of going to go into Bloomsburg is out of sight. When I went to Bloomsburg, the tuition was 350 bucks a semester. Now, the the tuition at at Bloomsburg is like twenty thousand dollars a year. So, the reason that the, the reason that that Community colleges are gaining so such a large percentage of students, and traditional the, the, the traditional state colleges are losing is because they're no longer affordable kids can 't afford to go there, but they can afford to go to a community college so just think about this: almost fifty percent of the students who are enrolled in college in the state of Pennsylvania are 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 enrolled in community colleges when there are almost two hundred uh, colleges in the state of Pennsylvania, 14 of them enroll about 50% of the students. Why?
1: Cost. All right, thank you. 1-800- Scratch that. Lines are busy, so uh, we'll go right to the next caller. Al, go right ahead. You waited almost 20 minutes. That's a record for you, but thank
6: you. Uh, I guess. But he stole my... uh, I was going to ask about the Convention of States, but you covered that. Uh, And then uh, Community College, I had a couple comments on. And a community college... I, while you were talking, it just sounds like if somebody's, like you said, is tired of the workforce and looking for something new or say something happens to you in the workforce that you have to pursue something new, you can't do your physical job that you had to do before, the community college is right there where your family is, where your, all your connections are and your support, so you can go to that community college and reproject which way you want to go in your life too. And also, you know, you you could further your education right there for the corporation you may be working for in that community. All right. So community colleges are great, uh, but it's like everything's messed up, and everything the government gets in seems to be messed up. And they're in our lives, they're in our colleges, they're uh, in our medical, they're in everything. In the Constitution, I mean, convention of states. We got to change that constitution where we can't have these lifetime politicians because politicians is a made-up profession where people just <laughs> want to hit the gold mine and get rich.
1: All right, thank okay. you so much, Al. Thank you for waiting all that time. I'm glad we got okay. Convention of States. Yeah, we got a lot of supporters on this show, myself included. Thank you, Al. All right, uh, We got our callers lined up that are going to take us to the end of the show. Thank you, Rob, for doing a fabulous job all week long. I got to tell you about a fabulous place where I got to visit uh, this week, went down there and talked to Jason and Jeff out at the Sunbury Motor Company. And I'll tell you what, uh, they are just doing a fantastic job. They just unloaded another truckload of F-150. So this is proof, you know, you go to another dealer they might say, well, we have a truck for you to look at, and, and you say, well, I want to look at a couple. They say, well, we have a truck for you to look at, but down at the Sunbury Motor Company they have 10 Brand-new F-150s on the lot. They're all ready for sale. Different configurations. The extended cab, crew cab, one without the lengthy cab. One is white that's a $40,000 F-150. Now, come on. Even John could have afforded that in his early days. So this is an opportunity for folks uh, to enjoy great discounts and owner loyalty or support motor company loyalty. Find out why the Sunbury Motor Company has won the President's Award more than once. And uh, they they still have uh, another version... Different color of the tuna boat that I drove a couple of weeks ago that had a full extended cab and an eight foot bed. The whole truck's like 24 feet long. It's crazy, but anyway. So uh, they have Rangers, F150s, Echo, Escape, Edge, F250, uh, Explorer down there, and the Bronco Sport. So check out the Sunbury Motor Company. Now uh, you can surely look elsewhere and find they've got no inventory, and uh, they got two dozen vehicles down there that uh, have got you written all over them. SunburyMotors.com.
4: There is something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is.
1: Uh, quickie email. I'll go ahead. I'm not going to have time for many, and I got ten great emails here, but uh, the top one rises, so we always read the first one first. I heard Matt Cotrillo say yesterday on the radio that your father, Mark Lawrence, will be 100 tomorrow. Happy birthday to him. I hope it is a good day and he has a great year ahead. My father would have turned 100 today had he been living. He passed away 10 years ago. Amazing that they were almost twins. So yes, my father is turning 100 tomorrow. So and your dad's
2: a quality guy. I did business with you him for a number of years, and uh, he's he's the salt of the earth. I tell you what, so humble, and yet uh, such a good guy. He just uh, renewed his driver's license, and as he uh,
1: wobbled out of the place, he said, well, I guess they just don't know any better. So Thank God we can still drive. he got another one. So, All right, Harry, you're on the marker right ahead.
10: I, I, I wanted to uh, also say happy birthday to Herb. Herb uh, has told me for years the secret of getting to the following year. So, for example, this year he would have said and I haven't seen him for a while, unfortunately, but he said he used to tell me the secret to getting to 100 is get to 99 and then for a year be real careful. So <laughs> he's a very wise man. <laughs> so please tell him when you see him, Mark, tell him that Harry says happy birthday. All right, will do. <laughs> uh, all right. I, I wanted to, um, you know, I think it's funny sometimes we don't look at the fact of, um, like with inflation right now, we don't look at, the, at a lot of underlying causes that aren't necessarily right there for us to see. One of the things that's happened over the years with bad economic policies has been the way we vote. We don't vote for qualified candidates. We vote for the one that we dislike. In many cases, we vote for the one we dislike less than the other one. Uh, This this past presidential election had nothing to do with whoever the Democrats run. One, the deep-seated dislike and hatred for Donald Trump. That's my belief, anyhow. And I think... It would have take whatever it took to vote Trump out of office would have been done. And when you get somebody who is really, as far as I'm concerned, a puppet for those who are his masters in Biden, you have no, John, you made the perfect point before. You have no idea who's in charge in this in this administration because everybody's got to say, but yet nobody knows what they're talking about. And uh, and. You know, now you wonder why there's inflation, because there's 90 million different policies and nobody knows how to uh, pull everything together. So it's a classic case if you get what you uh, what you wish for. No Donald Trump. But here we got clueless Joe Biden. So how does that help anybody?
7: <laughs> All right. Yeah, we, we're we stuck another
1: three years. But uh, let's but look at the bright side. All right, well, that didn't take long, but then... Sorry, a <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Little, little... I'll tell you what,
10: Marcus, I drive to work to Harrisburg five days a week, and I start I start how much money it's costing me, even in a car that's a hybrid. I don't see many bright sides economically.
1: Well, it's not Donald Trump. I guess that's the bright side. But beyond that, we'll just have to leave it at that. All right, thank you so much, Harry. Thanks for checking in. Uh, that gives us our last caller of the entire week, Joseph, from Milton. Go ahead, sir, you're on the mark.
4: Yes,
5: well, congratulations to your father. That's wonderful. He's have really been blessed. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about you, Mark, made a comment, Mark, you think uh, President Trump would be elected if he runs next year, or I mean next time. Uh, I kind of disagree with you. I think Hillary Clinton, if she runs, will make it uh, because simply for this reason, she, for, number one, she got the popular vote. Number two, those people when she lost that knew and figured she would get would win that didn't vote, Democrats, uh, they they really were sad after that that they didn't vote. And so we see what happened then when uh, Biden run against Trump. They come out in force, and he, he got more votes than any president ever got. Mm-hmm. So if we can look at those uh, statistics, and if she runs against him again, those voters of them Democrats will be, again, uh, supercharged to get out and vote for her and uh, that's why i think she would win if she'd run again uh, i hate to see i hate to see that but uh, and uh that, that ends that story i'd like to comment on something that was said yesterday maybe give a little in, uh, inference on that uh there was uh you guys said there's so much disagreement and i agree with you 100 percent uh about biblical things why one believes this one believes that and so many denominations and everyone one diam- diametrically opposed to the other and that's wrong. It shouldn't be. But I think the reason for that is I know what the reason is, number one. Uh, I, I would give you a couple of quick questions and, and answer them for me, if you will. Uh, <laughs> uh, how many uh, sheep do you think Noah took on the ark?
1: Supposedly two, I guess. I don't know. You tell me.
5: Okay, that's wrong. That's okay. wrong. Now, everyone is taught that. We're taught that from a child, two by two. He took them by sevens. Read it in Genesis chapter 7, verse 2. Did you know the that? The clean animals, the male oh. and female, by sevens, and he the took, unclean by twos. He took so a lamb, a goat, uh, a cow. Hold on, Joseph. They were all stand by, by fourteens went into the ark. Hold on, now, Joseph. That, hold on, thing, hold, hold saying, on, hold on, hold on, hold one, on, hold on, hold
2: on. Go ahead. Uh, Joseph, he took several species by sevens. But most species he took by twos. <laughs> According read, to the story. Read, reread that, but, yes, he did take clean animals, some some clean animals uh, to, to, that were permissible to eat and so forth, they took by sevens. All right. But
5: everybody thinks that he just took two of each kind.
2: Right, okay. Now. That's...
5: Now, right. that's my first question. And there you get a misunderstanding because you don't go and read the text. All right, but we don't and have any more time. another one is, uh, <laughs> who threw the rod down when they did, uh, Moses went into Pharaoh to bring out the children of Israel and turned into a serpent? Remember?
1: Uh, we don't know Aaron. Aaron's rod. Thank you.
5: Hey, hey, you're you're on you're on cue. <laughs> uh, you you got exactly right. It was Aaron's rod. It was right. Aaron that turned that the water
1: That doesn't have anything to do rod. with our topic. Uh, so, and, Joseph, and so we got to go. Everybody
5: thinks it's Moses because. They watch movies and they get their right, go. intel. Joseph, from we got to go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, and you. That's Thank way- you. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry
1: to do that, but we had we we were talking about uh, convention of states, community colleges, and President Trump and President Biden. Of course, that doesn't relate to any of those. And three minutes is up, so we did use that up. Anything else to add, sir? No. What, what
6: should I
2: do? What I want to be a, the best citizen I can ever be. You're doing a great job of what you're doing. Well, Just keep it up. <laughs> okay. Vote. And vote. Vote intelligently. I think that the, the, mm. the, one of the gentlemen made a good, you know, people vote party, you know, and I, I ask people, if, why do you vote for the same party over and over and over again if nothing changes? You know, the beauty of a two-party system is if we don't like what this group is doing, we can throw them out and get the other one, and that's the beauty of a two-party system.
1: okay, Sunbury.